Blog Talk Radio. If you can't read us, then you might as well join us. If you can't read us, then you might as well join us. If you can't read us, then you might as well Again, brothers and sisters, 
to Black Hole Radio. This is your host, Brother Jason X. And what you just finished listening to is another banger from the hip-hop artist better known as K.O. We also know him from last week's show as the brother Alan Perry. He's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman of great renown. He is a brother from the community that we would like to welcome once again to Black Hole Radio. And I extend our greetings from myself, Brother Forrest, and the Black Hole Radio family to Brother Alan Perry, better known as the artist K.O. Greetings, Brother Allen. How are you feeling today, sir? I'm feeling great, Brother Jason. How you doing, Jason? How you doing, Brother uh, Forrest? How you doing out there, Black Hole Radio family? Thank you for having me again. Yes, sir. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Once again, uh, last week we did a one-hour show, and I would ask everyone to go to the archives at Black Hole Radio and you can listen if you weren't listening in last week. We had such a dynamic show that we asked our brothers not only to return this week, but to extend the show one hour. We neglected to be able to take your calls. And I know based on the information that we got last week regarding the hip-hop refreshment system, we knew that there were going to be a lot of questions. So we decided we were going to not only bring Brother Alan Perry back, but we were going to extend the show so we can keep it in our long format format. So if you have any questions, I'm going to get it off early this week. If you have any questions, our call-in number for today's show is 1-563-999-3089. Once again, that's 563-999-3089. Eight nine, and uh, you will speak with our beloved brother and engineer, producer extraordinaire, brother Forrest. He'll put you on hold for a minute, and then we'll get you from the queue right on the air. So let's dive back into it, brother Allen. Just bring us up to speed for those who do not, do not know you. Just give a short synopsis, and then we're going to get right back into our questions, brother, on who it is and what it is that you do. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, for the new listeners out there, uh, as Brother Jason said, my name is Alan Perry. I'm from Harlem, um, and I have this curriculum. I put together this curriculum. It's titled Hip Hop for Freshmen, and it teaches entrepreneurship through hip hop. I've been on this journey for about 15 years. I used to be in the music industry. Well, I had some time. I spent a lot of years as an independent artist pursuing uh, an industry career. I learned a lot in the in the on the business side that I put into this curriculum. Um, went back to school, got my master's in entertainment business and internet marketing. Again, poured information into the curriculum. Um, and, and this year celebrates our tenth anniversary. Um, volume two, Hip Hop for Freshmen. Um, you can check it out at hiphopforfreshmen.com. Did I do a good job, Brother Jason? You're doing fine, brother. This is the, this is how right. we do, and it's a it's a great thing again having you back. I wanted to flesh out a couple of things that we spoke about along the way. Mm-hmm. We delved into a part last week about the people that helped to shape you. We spoke about your mom. We spoke about a couple of uh, we spoke about one of your your teachers, and I was making the point that women help 
to guide you through your entrepreneurship and your education. Let's speak about how the women, the mom, teachers, how they help to shape your mindset of entrepreneurship. Yeah, good question. Um, let's see. Well, my mom, let's start with my mom. You know, my mom, love my mom. Me and my mom have a great relationship. Um, she's always uh, very hands-on and attentive uh, when I was uh, very young. Um, and my mom was a teacher. She was an educator. Um, she taught uh, pre-K and kindergarten. And um, I remember at a young age being invited to her classroom. She'd let me sit in. And um, and I would, you know, just see how she manages the kids. And um, it was just a beautiful thing to see how they loved her and, and respected her. And, and the mothers and, and the, the, the fathers, the guardians as well, would send her gifts on, on holidays. And um, and then after X amount of years, I just saw this, this community being built from um, the students that she's taught. Um, the babies, really, because um, she just loved the babies. Um, so I, I guess from there, I've, education has always been um, um, a highlight, I guess, um, mm-hmm. in my family. Um, and then as, as far as entrepreneurship, I mean, I kind of just came upon that myself. Um, mm. Like I said, I looked at the environment around me and I, I – reflected on what I wanted my future to look like as a young, late teenager. And um, I, I thought one of the best routes was coming up with an invention. And remember, we talk about the, we spoke about the cat case in the first episode, and, and that's how it started. Um, little did I know that when I began embarking on that independent artist journey, um, that's when the, uh, I realized that um, – what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, fell, fell in the realms of entrepreneurship and business ownership. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how the entrepreneur thing came along. And then a, a, along the journey, I met, um, um, like I said, a, a woman on my first corporate job, um, sat in a cubicle next to me, and uh, she was retiring this, the same week I was being hired. And... Um, yeah, she was in that cubicle for like 40 years. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and I just, yeah, that. just put me in that mindset where um, I need to, why not take a chance on doing something that I love? And then uh, another situation I remember, uh, my buddy Camille, he went to an event that was during the day. And I was stuck in a cube. And I just didn't understand why I couldn't go and he could. And then that's when I was just like, yeah, I, I, I can, I need to figure out how I want to live my life. So, um, yeah. And then I just, I just embarked on that, on that artistry uh, journey uh, as a hip hop artist, uh, writing, recording, and performing, and, and learned the concepts of entrepreneurship from creating a brand to um, copywriting my music, copywriting intellectual property in general, trademarking brands. Um, creating an LLC, a record label, opening a business bank account, uh, business taxes, uh, itemizing, creating ledgers, expense ledgers, income ledgers, 
um, uh, intro to uh, artist management, right? Um, just having uh, at your fingertips an entertainment lawyer or um, an, an accountant and um, et cetera. Um, and then after that, it was uh, music publishing. Um, that's how you get paid in the game, you know? Yes, sir. And then uh, digital, digital distribution, you know? Um, and again, I just I, I I fell I was introduced into these con to these concepts along my independent artist journey, and I put it in a book slash curriculum, and um, yeah, that's how I, again that's how I came into my entrepreneurship journey. Um, I know I'm jumping all over the place, and I know you're asking me. No, but you you you're fine. So, uh, the, the, okay. reason, the reason why we the reason why we put put it up like this is because we want you to expand the knowledge of the listeners that they see how a, a much of a well-rounded man that you are. And that's the reason why I started out the questioning with the piece that we spoke about last week about the women in your life, because the women, of course, are, are, are our foundation. And many of times in the hip-hop community, and, you know, we, we spoke about this, much of the time in the hip-hop community, sometimes women feel as though they are relegated to a specific portion of hip-hop, and that's it. And just to know that anytime you see a successful hip-hop artist, there are some women in and around them that serve purposes that much of the artists or people that look at the artists, they don't believe. And also not just thinking about the sisters who are in front of the mic, but the thousands of women, the thousands of sisters who are behind the scenes making what we see and hear possible, you know, and giving it that feminine energy that, that brings things into life. I know you have some sisters on your team. You mentioned their names last week. Yes, that's uh, Lorraine O'Brien, um, Special Education Director at a Promise Academy Children's Home Children's Zone. Um, very strong, powerful young woman, very serious about improving education for our community and her resume is extremely impressive uh, for the listeners you can again you can go to our website hiphopprofreshman.com and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom there's a link that says uh, who we are and you'll have a chance there to read each and one of our bios um, uh, but Lorenz uh, experience and expertise in, in this field of uh, special education and creating IEPs and curriculum writing. She's she's very well versed at what she does. And uh she was introduced to me by uh our brother Camilla Lawson and uh once she saw the curriculum she was like, Yeah, how can I help? And um, yeah, it's, it's 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 um really inspiring. She's really inspiring on the team. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I, I would just venture to say anybody who's listening to the artists, the uh, people that, you know, we asked to listen up, is that if you're going to do something, run it by a serious woman. You know, your ideas, give them over to a sister and let her read your treatise. Let her look at your thesis. And because when we have the masculine energy, we drag it into the room. Sometimes we beat it down. We throw it up, up against the wall. But they'll take it and nurture it. They'll read it. They'll give you honest feedback. They will nurture your project, whatever it is. That's the beauty of 
the feminine energy is to take something that we have, put it in that special womb, and bring it forth in a different way, in a way that gives it energy and gives it life and gives it understanding and meaning. So even though hip-hop has started out as a male-dominated genre, look at the life and breath that was given by the way that women have interacted. Now, I mean, today it's a, a little different in terms of what we see in front of the mic. We could get into that later. But just yeah, in terms Lorraine of... Yeah, was very, very hands-on. Like, she reviewed it, and she helped out with... Uh, she actually reviewed the curriculum, um, um, gave her input on the lesson plans that's in each chapter of the of the book, um, and yeah, her her input was was very um, influential in um, framing the book to be something that could be utilized in uh, a school platform. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Hands on. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. I, you know, again, we we try to get into the science of things. There's a science to everything, and we try to get into that science because. Mm-hmm. Many times we would just gloss over things. Some of the depth in which it goes is missed or lost in the frequency of time. Where people say, "Well, I got to get this done quickly. I'm just going to do a cursory view of it, and then we just no. Let's go deep into certain things because it's going to it's going to spark other ideas in people. Just this conversation that we're having right now. I know there's someone else listening. They're getting information from you that is deeper than what we are putting out right now. They're saying, oh, man, that's, that gives me an idea. And that's the type of long-format for, interview we like to do here on Black Hole Radio. Again, the call-in number for those who are going to call in and come and build with us is 563-999-3089. Let's get back into it. The education piece, brother. I know you have an extensive educational background. Again, your mom being a teacher. Along the way, some of the professors, the teachers that you had, how did they relate to you? Because I know you went to a school that was predominantly other than original people. And how did they relate to you as a serious student in getting the information to you that you're bringing to us now? How did they relate to me as a right, as a, as a Right, as, a, as an original black man uh, in, in an environment, that was mainly Caucasian, knowing that the information that they're going to give you is what they use to rule the world with. And now they see you in the classroom. How did they relate to you as a student? That's an interesting question. Um, for the most part, my teachers embraced me. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I did have one teacher to be quite, you know, to be all to keep it a buck. I did have one teacher um, who made it kind of challenging for me, but overall, um, the teachers just did their job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, no one in particular stands out. Um, most of my influence came outside of the classroom. Um, as I mentioned in the first interview, I was a part of this organization called the United Colors, and we were just a group of the minorities that was on the campus. Um, from all all different backgrounds. And um, that group influenced me to transform my my lyrics into spoken word, 
and I participated in on-campus you know, events uh, doing spoken word poetry. Um, and there was a young woman, I'll never forget her, her name, is, her name was is Deanne Martell. And um, I was a part of the yearbook committee one year, I think my junior year, sophomore year, one of those years, and she just gave me the position as the graphic design. And I, my responsibility was to design the flyers for on-campus events. And I remember Saturday nights not wanting to go out. I would just go into the office and just design, like, five flyers, you know, just for events. And that kind of grew my passion for design and building websites and uh, what you see today. Um, yes. That had a huge influence on um, the aesthetics of uh, my website design and, and um, the online course um, of this thing in the book itself. Um, and, I, and I'm able to also teach uh, graphic design and logos and logo design through um, this course as well. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, mo- most of my influences came from my peers and um other other student leaders on campus that was just doing their thing, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now let's let's take it from the other side of this. I'm going to give you a scenario. Here it is. I'm a young man who loves the music. My passion is not necessarily towards education. I just want to. I want to get that money. I want to be in the streets. I want to. I want to have the things that I see other artists have, and I want them right now, but I'm not so into education. How does hip-hop freshman get into that mindset of that young man? Because a lot of times that's who we deal with is the, the ones that say, I, I don't need education, I just want to get that money. How does hip-hop freshman get into that mindset to be able to move that man into exactly what he wants? the business ownership and, you know, that lifestyle. So, yeah, I talk to artists with this mindset all the time. And I start with publishing. I go straight to chapter nine, publishing. I say, you know how to collect royalties as an independent artist? No. I'm like, all right. Well, this chapter tells you exactly how to collect royalties, straight to the bag. Like, right, you don't want to read nothing, just read this chapter. And when they read that chapter, completely perplexed, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. what? Like, yeah. So in order for you to get the bag, you have to have that track copywritten. Oh, okay. What chapter is that? Three. Okay. But before you do, and, and then also to, to, to get that bag, you have to have an LLC. Oh, oh okay. What chapter is that? Chapter Chapter five. Okay, and and also to get that bag, you need a business bank account. Oh, okay, well, what chapter is that? Chapter six. You see what I'm saying? So, so yes, sir. And then I remember, I remember this one artist. He he, I did. We broke it down like this, and then he sat on my couch in my living room, and he really was on the fence about being an artist. After that conversation, he was like, "Wow, this is a lot of work." I'm like, if you want to see it that way, I guess, but. That's straight to the bag. Right. That's it. Yes, sir. And I guess that's why many artists will trade that for the, like like we spoke about, not get, 
uh, not not having as much of that money, their money, by throwing all of that that work aspect into the hands of someone else, aka the record company, and the record company meaning the rip-off record companies, the ones that are there for that type of artist, don't know anything, and be able to guide them, just throw money at them and, you know, yeah, this is yours, but they didn't, they didn't learn how that money became, uh, came out of the ethers and into their pockets and the, the record company keeping the lion's share of the work that that artist did in terms of writing and performing and just knowing the opposite side of that, many artists just throw themselves over to a record company and let the executives lead them or guide them how they want instead of you know being able to know where they're going and be able to direct their future, their future is directed by somebody else. Right, right. I, I mean, in, in my experience as an independent artist, I would encourage, and I think I would say it's mandatory that all aspiring artists have some fundamental understanding of the business, right? Like you don't you don't have to go so deep into it. Just have a fundamental understanding of copyrights and trademarks and and and, and publishing and 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 digital distribution. So when these terms come up in the room, or when it's time to discuss these topics with your manager or the label, you're not completely in the dark. You know, that's that's the point here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, just to not be completely in the dark, you know. And when you're not completely in the dark, you're going to ask questions. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's what right. do you mean by this? Like, you're, inevitably, you're going to ask questions. And, and yes, that's sir. the beginning of unlocking that mental, those mental chains. Yes, sir. Now, in the days of KO, why did you deem it necessary to set yourself apart by becoming an independent artist versus a label artist? Um, well, when I started the journey, I was I was um, aspiring to be signed by a major label. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to have all my ducks in a row. So um, I knew that labels aren't just signing artists that just walk up to the building and say, hey, sign me. I'm, I can, I'm an artist. No. You, you got to have a buzz. You got to have some music out there. You have to have a brand. You have to have a following. I get that for someone to show interest. So I started there, and then I'm like, all right, what does all that take? And then here we go on that journey. And mm-hmm. I'm an independent artist first. Every artist is, is an independent artist first. Um, it, whether you know it or not. Um, yeah, and that's the process. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I know after you won, or not won, but you, 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 you won, but you weren't chosen as the winner of the, um, of the contest, the MCing contest, that there was a lot of buzz surrounding you, and that's how you were able to get that, um, the, the the piece inside of Vibe magazine that Correct. during that time that during that time in your career, did you see the same vision that you see now in terms of let me still be that type of knowledgeable um, independent artist that has the knowledge of the industry, or did you say okay the the ride begins now? I got the buzz. I have this uh, this tremendous piece uh, put forth 
about me in a major hip hop journal. I'm going now. Did you continue to keep that focus or did you kind of let them say, okay, this is what we're going to do from now on. We're going to do this, do that, do that. How did that work out? So, yeah, um, I had received notice that the vibe was going to drop August 20th, August 2007, I believe. The issue was out for two months. It was out for July and August. In August, uh, there was an event at B.B. King's Times Square that we we performed at. It was sold out. My team was there. And we had the opportunity to go in the venue first, and we put Vibe magazines on each table. I bumped into this kid that worked at Vibe and pulled up on me and gave me two big boxes of magazines. So threw the Vibes on all the tables with the page open up with the CD and we nice. tore down the show and had a clear vision, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And, again, at the time, I was signed with Boom Entertainment. Um, I was recording and writing, uh, but that deal uh, was coming to an end. And then I was just placing myself uh, in, the, in the mix, like going to these industry parties, which was really interesting. And then I found myself at a Keith Murray release party. Um, I forget the song he was releasing, but um, I was approached by Capitol Records. And before then, I had people coming to me saying, hey, yo, I saw your press kit at Atlantic Records, or I saw your press kit. Because I, I was that prep prepared, and I was, you know, designing my own press kits and making making my own album covers and buying blank CDs and pressing them up at the crib and hitting mm-hmm. different hoods and passing them out and going to Brooklyn and getting T-shirts pressed up. Like, I was, I was doing I – was, I was an independent artist, you know what I'm saying? Booking studio time, of course, writing, recording, performing. Um, but when I sat down with Capitol Records, um, like I said, I, a lot of the, the, the jargon was just over my head and I wasn't as confident with it. Um, my team, you know, I, I had people that would help me with things, but on the business side, I was, I was, I was an island. So I decided, um, I needed to educate myself and, and then I went back to school and, and embarked on that entertainment master's journey from Full Sail University, um, uh, again, r- along the way, just updating my book, my curriculum, and then once I finished that program, I, I had the confidence to, to publish the book, but at that time, once, that, once all that was done, I, was, I wasn't really into the artistry anymore. I mean, I was so knee-deep um, into the, um, the business side. Um, <laughs> You know, I just it just all it just became all that, you know. So yes, sir. Yeah. So let's let's freeze let's freeze it at that time. Now you had uh, you had a a, a a a greater background education than most. And even though you said you you know you wasn't comfortable with some of the jargon and things like that, did you see during that time with the you know when you were uh, building your buzz, did you see any of that? Uh, okie doke stuff trying to be put over on you and you were able to cut it uh, off at the knees or did they see you as someone that was much more knowledgeable than most and leave that kind of language and that kind of uh, um, winking and nod stuff away from you? How did that work out? Based on the fact that you were a little bit more prepared or more prepared than most artists at that that point or that in the journey of their career. Um, I mean, I mean, I still had brothers try me, 
um, um, yeah, I've, um, it's interesting, man, because alongside all of this, man, egos play a big part. You know, um, I, I mentioned in the first interview, I had a, a guy who was very well-respected in the, on the underground scene, and uh, we just gravitated towards each other because I was buzzing, and and it was his open mic shows that I was going, was going to, one of his shows I was going to every week. And um, before you know it, we were, you know, hey, you're going to go on at this time, or hey, let me introduce you to these producers. Um, but at the same time, um, there was, he put some roadblocks there, you know, I, Mm-hmm. When we was buzzing with, with a couple tracks, I'm like, yo, let's go to the label. He's not ready to take me to the label. Even when we're going to meet certain uh, producers that he brought to the table, um, I couldn't really be as creative as I, want, as I wanted. Um, I didn't mind the critiquing of the lyrics, but at the same time I did because I'm like, if, if this song is, I've been performing this song eight months straight. People be requesting it. It's, it's time. Like, what else? Let's, you know what I mean? It's, right, yeah. Right. And then, I, like I said, I was collecting a bunch of business cards while I'm doing these shows. And one day I just entrusted him with it, and he ran off with the plug. And, and that ended our relationship. It took a big yeah, blow sure. to my esteem. And, um, yeah, I just wasn't. Um, I, I, I think when in hindsight, when I look back, it wasn't. It was more so a self-esteem and a confidence thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I knew the, the business. I was practicing it, but I didn't know. Like, it wasn't like I had a mentor, like, saying, yeah, this is how you do it. That's correct. I was just going with the flow, and I was connecting the dots, and I saw that that's, that was the process. And I didn't think any any – I really didn't think any – I didn't think it was anything special. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, mm. I, I'm not saying I thought all artists knew this. I just thought that. I don't know. I don't know. But for me, it was more so needing a team, needing needing someone who really um, had my best value when approaching these major labels. Um, and like I said, I didn't I didn't have the entertainment lawyer set up. I, I wasn't at that stage yet. And, and the manager, you know what I mean. And choosing those, choosing a manager, for example, is something that's um, very uh, an artist should take uh, very care. Uh, it's a meticulous process. You know, you, you really have to find someone who genuinely has your best interests. You know, they're going to be yeah. spending a lot of time with you, and there's not going to be any money exchange. You know, they're going to be sharing their resources, and again. Uh, that person in that position has to really rock with you, really believe in your music, you know, to to extend themselves in that way. Um, yeah, and, sure. and you have to use your discernment um, to detect that. You know, um, yeah, just just don't go around trusting a manager just because they have a good resume and uh, a nice a nice network list. You know, if you if you feel that they're sly or, um, you know, anything less than, uh, I, I recommend you find someone that, that has your best interest and that makes you feel good and 
can map out a clear vision for you and a plan. Like if your manager is not talking to you about some of these concepts in the book, I don't know, fam. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. That that yeah. that your is a real should know all of this. Yeah. Yes. He should yes. know all of this. He's supposed to know all of this, especially before you get to the label. And the way that I've experienced it, the way that I've seen it in uh growing up in hip hop is that we basically put ourselves into a tribe or we find a tribe and it's a lot of loose connections, a lot of um, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that less in terms of sit down, contractual um, mapping out things it's really like um, meet me over here at this such and such day I'm going to get you into this party, I'm going to introduce you to my man, we're going to do this, 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 this. and it's it's more like a tribal system. And inside of that, you have a pecking order in terms of, let's say, a somebody that's connected to the industry. And they may have five or six young cats that are with them that they're trying to get into the gate. And they say, well, you know, you now you're part of my, you're part of my team. Well, when we go to this place, you got to be there, and you're going to roll with me, and we're going to do this, that, and the third, and this is how we're going to get you put on. And depending on the personality of the group members of the tribe, even though they're affiliated with one another, it's a tremendous competition amongst themselves to be the one in that tribe that's going to be the next one put on. And it's very rare to find the entire team moving as a team to get everyone placed. And I have to shout out the Wu-Tang Clan (laughs) at this point because they showed the template of how to make that happen. Do you have any comment on that? I mean, I totally agree. I mean, every, everybody want to be the boss. You know what I mean? Everybody want to be the chief. What's the saying? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I don't look at it the way most people look at it, you know. I mean, we, we, we're all special in our own way, and we all have a role to play, you know. The hand, the hand can't be jealous of the head, and the feet can't be jealous of the heart and the elbow can't be just like we, we all got to work together. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, Wu-Tang, you know, they, 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 they did give us the blueprint for that. Um, but in our community, we, we need to, to, to incorporate that more and just get rid of the, the jealousy, the envy, the hate, the ego, the, 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 um, the, um, I don't know. The, it's, it's, right, it's, 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 it's reckless, and I, it's reckless competition. Right, yeah. it's, it's reckless, man. It's self-sabotaging, reckless. reckless. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, we've heard the horror stories that go in, you know, inside of the studio lifestyle, where somebody says, "Well, that's a hot track," and the track is basically up for grabs. Everybody does their thing, and they bring, you know, out out of that crew, out of that group. They do their thing on the track, and everybody thinks that theirs is the one that that track should be for, while the producer, who is part of the crew, says, well, I just want to make some money off of this track. And everybody believes it's theirs, and sometimes it, it leads to fisticuffs, and sometimes it leads to gunplay over a track that absolutely never gets heard because of that rivalry right inside of the uh, inside of the group. It's, it's amazing. And I, I think that hip-hop for freshmen, it cuts that off at the knee because if everybody is equipped 
with the same level of information, even among themselves, and that they can use that as a, a guide on how they as the crew, they as the group, they as the team move together, I can see hip-hop for freshmen being the guide that brings them all up. It's like having your own, your very own jizzer among your group is to have that information that brings everybody up together and it cuts off that level of interplay and intercompetition with inside these groups. Because I do believe in having these type of crews and these type of groups that watch each other's back as they navigate that uh, territory. It's like a swamp or a bog uh, called the music industry as it stands. And I think hip-hop mm-hmm. for freshmen, it, it, it changes that dynamic uh, because the information, everybody has it at their fingertips and everybody can reference it and everybody can bounce it off one another. Nah, fam, you're making this step wrong. This is the way you have to do it. And to be able to pull each other up using this as a guide or, or, or a ladder. Right, right. And and at the same time, building a relationship, you know, because you're discussing these concepts, you know, you're diving deeper. Again, these are just introductories to these concepts. And then you're diving deeper and you're, and you're introducing yourself to the influencers of these subjects and these topics. And as you're exchanging this with your, with your, your, your team, you know, you're just building a deeper connection, a deeper business connection, which – which, which all that matters. It all matters. Absolutely. Yeah, in, in your journey to success. Absolutely. If we just um, take a historical look at it, look at what Death Row Records was in that formula, in that format. Look at Death Row Records and what happened to it. We have a historical blueprint of what happened to Death Row Records using that same scenario. Great, mm-hmm. great. Uh, community building machine. It wasn't just um, Suge Knight that came up with Death Row Records. It was a team. It was a group. Suge Knight was the force behind it, but in terms of what it did for even, let's say, somebody from, you know, I'm, I'm from the East Coast, of course. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And to see the climb of Death Row from the perspective of somebody that I was supposed to be, you know, I was supposed to hate West Coast hip-hop. I was supposed to hate West Coast artists, but I didn't. I looked at Death Row Records and said, look at this machine that this dude is building to put California, to put the West Coast on the map. That's black people doing that for other black people. Now, let's take away, you know, some of the stories that we heard and some of the, the, um, the outcomes that have come from it. But even to this day, right now, a black man, owns Death Row Records. Throughout that time, throughout that metamorphosis, it's a great thing when you take away, you know, a lot of those, uh, <laughs> a lot of the negative things that happen as a result of it. But imagine if during that time they used the blueprint of hip-hop for freshmen inside of that machine that Suge Knight built to give that to each one of his artists as they're coming up and be able to use that not just for himself but for the betterment of the culture Look where we could be. Man, as you were saying that, remember um, Sean Combs making the band? Imagine if that show, the blueprint, was hip-hop for freshmen instead of running around for cheesecake. 
Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And, and you know, the fact that this exists, and, you know, Brother Forrest said it at the ending of last show, that, you know, we have to put a, a, a ring of fire around you and around this program because of what it means to the negative forces that are still influencing the music industry. You know, there's a lot, a lot of money to be made. And any time you find a lot of money, you also find the devil there in the midst of it trying to funnel off some of that money for himself. You have a lot of people that are in the music industry that have no business in the music industry other than the fact that they use that um, they use that pool to siphon out all of the good for themselves. And um, Im- imagine what this world is going to look like once hip-hop for freshmen is part of the daily routine of artists. This is a big game changer, but I, I know you know it. But it's something that once it's inside of our community as a fixture, the entire music industry changes. And if the entire music industry changes, our culture changes. Could you speak on that, please? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to have to elevate, you know, because the playing field has risen, right? So maybe expect things like music laws to change. Uh, I'm not sure. How, or, or the contracts might get a little bit more um, um, all-inclusive or complex like these 360 deals. Um, but, yeah, when the playing field uh, is leveled intellectual-wise and the artists come in the game and the managers come in the game knowing the fundamentals of publishing, for example, yeah, the contract's going to look different. The negotiations is going to look different. And the end result's going to look different. Your profit's going to look different. Your bottom line's going to look different as opposed to coming in without that knowledge. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, in, I, I don't want you to, to give away in, any of the uh, inside material, but we, we're fleshing this out and we're teasing the people to purchase Hip Hop for Freshmen system. But in terms of what is going on with the streaming revenue right now, do you touch on that inside of the system? Um, we touch on the fundamentals of how to begin uh, receiving royals from streaming. So, again, the beginning of that is copyrights. You can't receive royalties if you don't claim copyright ownership of your song. So that's Chapter 3. And um, Chapter 9 and Chapter 10, uh, Music Publishing and digital distribution, uh, those two chapters there touch on the beginning of where to register your songs to receive royalties for digital streams, for example, on Internet radio stations, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. What, what I wanted to do, uh, if you don't mind, uh, I wanted to give yourself and the audience uh, an opportunity to see the online um, product, the online class, the online textbook while we're on live, live. And I want to um, officially launch this thing, officially launch Hip Hop for Freshmen's online course on Black Hole Radio. Oh, that's great, bro. Yeah. Are you near a computer right now? 
I'm sitting with my iPad. My my laptop is in my other room, but I'm sitting with my okay, iPad. Okay, that's good. That's good. So this is what we're going to do really quick. I want yourself and everyone that's listening to go to hiphopforfreshmen.com. All right? And what you're going to do, again, it's hiphop, the number four, freshmenen.com. And what you're going to do is click on online class on the, in the top menu. And when you get to member login, you're going to click that. And I want you to type in, um, let's see. Um, hold on. Uh-huh. Uh, demo at hiphopforfreshmen.com. All right, that's where it says uh, enter your email address for access online. Enter your email. Mm-hmm. And the password is going to be uh, Black Hole Radio, low, all lowercase, one word. Black Hole Radio. Make sure your volume's up. So you're in there, Brother Jason? Um, I'm, uh, it says enter your email. I'm putting yeah. my email in Did here. and So where it says enter your email address for access online class, now what am I going to put in there? You're going to put demo. So D-E-M-O. Got you. Demo at hiphopforfreshman.com. Okay. And the next screen should say enter your password. Okay. Enter your password, and that's going to be black hole radio, all lowercase. All lowercase, one word. You in there? I'm in there. Okay. First thing I want you to do is make sure your volume's up. All right. All right. Uh, tap the face of the character. Going to stay focused. Don't listen to nobody. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's great. Now flip to the flip to the first page. All right. On the right side, okay, the intro, we got Nas, I know I can, you all know that. On the right side, that's the table of contents. You can mute your volume at the bottom. Got you. What I want you to do is just take a look at the menu, the table of contents, rather, and you'll see all the topics that I've discussed um, in the interview so far. What we're going to do is we're going to... Click on 49, create a brand. So all the numbers are clickable, and they jump to the corresponding chapter. So I want you to click 49, right? And as you see, it'll open up. Did you do that? Let me know if you did. No, no. 
49, create a brand. All right, we're going to it now. And, all right, create a brand. Right. That's where we're at. Right, right. So you see it's, the, the, it's the book, the, the e-book. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So as you can see, the e-book, the e-course, the uh, e-textbook for the teachers, this course, it, it's uh, responsive. It corresponds with the chapters. Each chapter, again, begins with the lesson plan. Um, like we were talking about earlier. And if you just click the bottom right of each page, it'll flip. So click, flip to page 51. Okay. Oh, this is cool. Right. And you should see what a brand is, right? If you flip to page 55. This is great. Right. right. The you page is actually turning. Again. Those of you who are not in front of your computer, the, the pages are turning like you're turning a book page. That's right. Right. Go back to the menu of... and click the double arrows. All right. It should take you back to the table of contents. That's where I'm at right now. Right. And then what I want you to do is click, um, let's go to, Create an LLC, all right? That's uh, page 117, 117, chapter 5. That's correct. And when you get there, I want you to flip backwards to page 116. Uh, hold on. Creating LLC. Right. So 117, right, right. and then flip backwards to page 116. You, you'll see a trademark online assessment, right? Yes. Right. So I want you to continue flipping back until you get to page 107. And I'll explain briefly. Okay. So again, every chapter begins with a lesson plan, then we get into the subject content, then it ends with the chapter review, which is what you see on 107. Mm -hmm. If you flip to 109, you'll see a tutorial, and if you look at 110, you'll see an assignment. Again, every chapter is laid out the same way with a tutorial and an assignment. The links are live. There's a to-do list, how much to budget for each task. And then the links, if you click the link, for example, to the trademark office, it takes you right to the trademark application. Yes, right? sir. So you don't have to search for anything. It's all there. And if you read the procedures, it goes a little bit deeper into what to do step by step. Right? This is and then the actual assignment is the same thing, you know, but, but um, when we teach it in the class, um, it's the project assignment. Right? So we do a little tutorial, and then we do the actual project assignment. If you flip the next page, um, one of the other assignments for this chapter is to sketch your trademark. And on the other page uh, in the class uh, and even online, we um, help them brand and create their first shirt. And, again, you click the links, and everything goes to the corresponding pages. Yes, yeah, sir. If you, if you flip again, uh, there's another assignment uh, page. And these pages are meant for you to 
keep track of what you're doing in your business. So as an entrepreneur, you got you got papers everywhere. You're you're writing yes. your trademark stuff there. You know what I mean? Copyright stuff there. So this book, the writing space, is meant for you to have all of your stuff in one place, right? This is great, bro. And then uh, each chapter also has the vocabulary word. Uh, well, I'll get to that. So the tenth, we, each chapter also, also has a quiz. This is the word bank for the quiz. And the next page, uh, 115, 115, are the questions. Yeah, you would correspond with, with the word bank. And then the online portion, uh, there's an online test. Uh, I'm not going to sign in now, but you could sign in. Um, you don't need a, to create an account. You just put your, your first, last name, and email, and you'll get mm-hmm. 10 questions from a 40 uh, question uh, question bank that I created based off the oh, material from this chapter. And you'll get a score, uh, you'll get a certificate, and you'll be able to retake the test if you want to again. Right? And again, each chapter is designed the same, uh, and each chapter also has a vocabulary list. So let's go, let's go back to the double arrows at the bottom, which mm-hmm. will take us again back to the table of contents. Let's go to page... Um, um, 304. I like the word puzzles, right? Word puzzles, yes, sir. Yeah. So on page 304, you know, and the, the, in the next pages, there's some, some word puzzles that corresponds with entrepreneur. Uh, if you click to the next page, you'll see there's a music ar- artist work search with the word bank corresponding to the subject. If you click again, <laughs> yes, there's... Um, Brands. There's a, another copyright word search. There's a business word search. There's a publishing word search. You know, there's a music genre per word search. There's an old school R&B word search. There's an yes, 80s sir. rappers word search. You know what I mean? Just yes, break up the monotony of the of the learning, but you're still learning at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, if you go back to the table of contents, click the double arrows. Mm-hmm. You see, there's a brainstorm pad which is this writing space. There's a sketch pad. This is drawing space. There's a book of rhymes. You write your lyrics there. And if you go to page uh, 319, if you click 319, it flips over to the keyword list. There's over 250 keywords here. Um, All of the subjects, um, just basic jargon that you should know that corresponds with each subject. Um, yeah, and um, let's go back to the table of contents. And that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. So now you've got um, an online view of what this thing looks like. You can take this thing online. Um, it's 99 a month. Um, and or you can get and also and or get the hard copy book, which looks exactly the same. Obviously, there's no online test and the links aren't clickable, but it's exactly the same. Um, and the price is the same as well. So you can get the book 99 for one time, or you can just take the online course. The online mm-hmm. course comes with my support, uh, my mentorship. Uh, you got me. Email me. Text me. You can set um, Zoom calls, and I'll help you throughout the process um, until you're done all, all of the, um, the chapters in the book. Um, and when you do complete it online, I also offer um, web design services 
and I set you up with a with a marketing plan as well. Um, yeah, this so is tremendous, bro. This is tremendous. This is a, a this is a, a what you call a labor of love. This who hears their son, their daughter, saying, you know, I really want to be uh, I want to be a music artist. I'll, you know, I, I don't like what's going on in school for me right now. I think that I am good at what I can do. My friends tell me that I'm I'm the best MC in the school. I really think that this is what I want to do with my life. Ma, I'm quitting school. I said, no, 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 son. Don't don't quit school. I have something for you. <laughs> you you're gonna add this to your your school life because if you get through this, you will be exactly what you say you want to be. And if you don't finish this, then you know that this is not for you because this is exactly what you are going to go through in that world without having to have the bumps and the bruises and the hard lessons that many artists have to go through. This is what people call it, your life hack. This gives you your leg up. It's amazing, bro. Amazing. This, you, this this saves a lot of heartache because if you're serious, this is what you want to do. You go through this curriculum, take it step by step, and it looks, just from my uh, cursory look, it looks fun. You don't feel like you're working as hard as you would having to, you know, get up in the morning and, and rush to that class, sit down, sit through a couple of lectures to get to the meat, which is what you're given, is the meat. Mm-hmm. Tremendous, bro. And and anyone can appreciate the level of care that you put into it, you know, in terms of practicing what you preach, the branding from beginning to end. The, the seamless. Yeah, and, and, and this is a very great moment for me. I've been working on this online version for quite some time, trying to figure out how to put it together. And it, I, I thought this would be a great opportunity to officially release it and let you and your audience see it. Um, that 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 those login credentials um, are good until I think about six, five or six o'clock today. So you yes, can sir. just do what you got to do, you know, play around with it, share it with your peers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for giving me that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, please. Brother, it's my, it's my honor. As the Black Hole Radio family, this is why we exist. This is from the initial meetings that Brother Forrest, myself, Brother James, we sat down and we talked about what it is that, Black Hole Entertainment, LLC, Black Hole Radio, was going to mean. And this is the reason why we exist. This is the reason why we take time to find people in our community who have these type of, I say, God-given labors of love that they must get into the rest of the world. They got to get it seen. Now, this is the challenge, again, is to let people understand who we're dealing with before we see what we're dealing with. We spent last uh, last week, we spent last Saturday finding out who you were to see if you are authentic in what it is that you're presenting to our community. 
and, you know, Brother Farsh and I, we sit down and we talk about these type of things. Everything for us ain't good for us in terms of a community. And we as men have to be lions at the gate to be able to curate to our group, to our set, the people that believe in Black Hole Radio and its concept, to be able to curate things that we know are going to be good for our community, what our future is going to look like. And and what you're bringing, Brother Allen Perry, what you're bringing is, is exactly why Black Hole Radio, Black Hole Entertainment came into existence. So thank you. Thank you for doing this for our community. And we are we're committed to help you to get this into the hands of the people because this is, a, as they say, a game changer. And we know, we know the man that God put this idea into is not going to sell us out. This is, this is here. So again, thank you. For our listening audience, anybody that has been listening so far, have you um, logged on and gone through the navigation with Brother Allen? Call us at 563-999-3089. We'd like to put you on the air, and if you can share some of your experiences navigating through Hip Hop for Freshmen like we just did. Is anybody in the listening audience that would like to come on air and give some of your feedback of what it was that you saw when you navigated through Hip Hop for Freshmen. Give us a call at 563-999-3089. Once again, 563-999-3089. And you'll, we'll put you right on the air, Brother Forrest and myself, Brother Allen, and Hip Hop for Freshmen. In the meantime, before someone comes through, um, just let us know how long it took you to put this together, brother. Brother Allen, you still there? Oh, so I think we went out for a second. Uh, I was right. Saying, I think we. Um, I'm getting. A, I'm getting a bunch of text messages over here. Um, people in my network trying to call in, saying they're on hold right now. Okay, let let me check and see, Brother Forrest, are you there? You know, sometimes the board, you know, we're not in control. Yes, uh, of the board. Brother, all right. Uh, everybody in the listening audience. Uh, trying to call in. The, the number is 563-999-3089. You have to press the number one so we know you want to ask a question or make a comment. Until then, we don't Thank know you, what you want to do. Thank you right, for right. calling that, in. That's my, that, that's, my, that's my bad as the host to tell people to press the number one on your keypad, on your phone, to let the engineer know that you'd like to speak. That's my bad, Brother Farce. I apologize. If you'd like to speak to Brother Alan Perry, you'd like to be on air, just press the number one, those who are on hold, who are listening, and we'll put you right through. Okay, while well, well, that's doing it, yeah, I got about, yeah, I got quite a few texts. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so while that's happening, I'm sorry, what was your question, brother? 
Right. I was just saying, how long did it take you to put uh, to put this together? When you first opened up, you started writing the code for this. How long did it take you? And, and I know you told me you had a, a brother early on that was um, that was computer savvy enough to get this started. And then, um, how long did this process take? Okay, so the man, this thing again. This is a 15 year journey. I started writing this curriculum when I was around 24, 25. Um, been tweaking and modifying it along the way, using it as a as a, as a resource for myself and others to mentor. The Hip Hop for Freshmen brand didn't come about until I think about 2019 when I just rebranded um, everything um, and updated the information once again. Um, the online portion came this year. Um, like I was saying earlier, I've been trying to figure out how to put it online um, and differentiate myself from other online courses and not just be slides or someone just talking. Um, uh, my friend Camille, uh, great brother, brother Lawson, at uh, yes. Yes, Pardon sir. Me for interrupting your your wisdom, but we have a listener on what to ask a question, make a comment. Okay, go right ahead on listener. Are you there? Please identify yourself, and then you can ask your question, please. All right. Good morning, brothers. This is Jim. Um, and hello, Alan. Congratulations to you for all your success. We met a couple of weeks ago in Washington Heights. Uh, we were volunteering together at PS128, and I had an opportunity to see you implementing this program to students there at the school. Very urban community, very diverse kids. Uh, they loved it. And I, I really was impressed by the fact that it's really generalizable to all facets of student artistry, so music production, digital artistry, regular drawing, even T-shirt design, whatever. So um, it's really great at exposing the business side of talent, even if it's not musical talent. So that was impressive. Uh, as a black educator myself and as someone, you know, who's really interested in this whole uh, black education narrative, which is one of Chancellor Banks's, um, you know, key priorities, I, I think this is super relevant uh, for, for these times. And for any school that has a black agenda, this is relevant too. So I'm thinking uh, this curriculum is great for, well, really all schools, if, if, if you will, but, you know, there's like Voices Charter School full of students who are very interested in music. I'm thinking LaGuardia High School. Um, I might shoot an email over to the, you know, director of guidance over there to, you know, just kind of alert them to something like this being available. But I, well, not but. And that leads me to a couple of questions that I have and that I think other educators might have, but just maybe not know that they have. Um, and sorry I didn't send these to you in advance or something, but they're, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, so we have in the DOE system, upwards of 2,000 schools, right? So, and our schools are incredibly diverse. So, in a diverse educational landscape, how does your curriculum address inclusivity and cultural relevance to cater to the needs of students from different backgrounds? Because not all of our kids are, um, you know, are black or Hispanic. Uh, there's, there's this there's rainbow of kids in, in the classroom, if you will. So, how does your program um, address inclusivity and diversity in classrooms? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot now. Huh? Sorry. So good. Um, well, 
hip-hop has bridged the gap, uh, not just between cultures, but internationally. And um, hip-hop is just a genre of music that resonates with the youth, regardless of um, their background and their race. Um, these hip-hop artists are, are revered, and they're like superheroes to some of these kids, you know, Chinese kids and, you know, um, uh, Caucasian kids um, know the hip-hop culture just as well as, um, you know, we do. And um, that's great, you know, and that's, a, that's an opportunity for us to make an impact in those areas. Um, alongside of that, um, there's also different versions of this curriculum. Um, I'm also working on a rock and roll for freshmen. Um, and there's also a version that's just straight entrepreneurship for freshmen. Um, those aren't released, but to answer your question, I am aware of uh, hip-hop for freshmen, for freshmen might not be for certain spaces, um, um, but that is being taken into consideration uh, with, with other uh, future versions of the curriculum. And um, we're also um, releasing a version next year uh, where it's uh, in, different, in a different language. So uh, we're not sure if we're going to go with Spanish, um, um, but we're looking at Spanish and, and Arabic and um, other languages as well. So I hope that answers your question, Jim. It does, and uh, Spanish would be amazing as, you know, a very super relevant language right now. Uh, population shifts, migratory patterns, and there are lots of talented kids who, um, for whom Spanish is their arterial language. So I think that would be really, really great. Uh, but, of, of course, that's a business decision. So I, as I think about, as we talk about this diversity narrative, I'm, I'm thinking about classrooms and what they look like. So I been around the school systems for a while. So uh, while we have diverse students, in, in many cases we have schools that are overwhelmingly um, populated by students who identify as persons of color. But oftentimes the faculty does not reflect that same diversity. Um, sometimes we have schools where the uh, persons of students of color uh, comprise approximately 80 plus percent of the the population at the school, but the faculty may um, may comprise only well, may comprise upwards of 50 or 60 percent of teachers who identify as white, um, 50 plus perhaps uh, female uh, and what have you. So, I know that you mentioned that you offer mentoring and support as part of this program, but as I think about the number of schools. Uh, this is a scaling question, by the way, just so that you can start by calibrating. But um, as I think about the number of schools, again, upwards of 2,000 that exist just in the DOE system alone, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, can you tell us more about what kind of support your company or you yourself provide to teachers and administrators who might be interested in implementing the, implementing the curriculum but who are not very well versed in hip-hop itself, and how do you bridge that gap? And particularly when the scale is larger, say, say you get 200 schools calling you within the next month, 
How does that work? What does that look like? And that'll probably be my last question. Great question. Uh, um, I was very fortunate enough to, again, Brother Lawson introduced me to Eric Bullock. Um, based out in Trenton, New Jersey, and, and right now his role on the team is uh, professional development. So he has a very extensive experience uh, in the education system and also uh, branching off into his own education consultant company uh, and offering professional development services. Um, so in an event where we have 200 schools and X amount of teachers, um, myself and him um, have put together uh, a program, an uh, in-house program um, for us to implement um, this, uh, to teach teachers how to teach this program. Um, yeah, I mean, and um, okay. Lauren, again, um, when it comes to situations where um, IEPs need to be developed, um, um, she's very, she's, that's where she comes in. She's very hands-on with that, and she can, um, again, tailor the curriculum to, uh, to the students' needs uh, when that time comes. Um, right. But, yeah, and, and, and again, Camilla Lawson, uh, I'm sorry? No, I was just saying that's really great, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, so we're ready. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 ready. We were ready yesterday. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and Kim, thank you for the questions. Very thought-provoking, very well-thought-out questions. And, again, give us a little bit of, of your background. I know you said you, you, uh, you met Brother Allen up in Washington Heights. Give us a, a bit of your background, please. Oh, well, I'm just, um, I'm just a basic educator. I happen to uh, function as a counselor right now. So I'm into mental health for students, and uh, I'm really into black education. I'm supporting the chancellor's um, goal for, you know, the black education curriculum here in New York City that's going to be rolled out in the, you know, across the entire New York City Department of Education system quite soon. So I'm super fascinated to be part of that work and also supporting some of the work by um, – in the Black Influencers United community, uh, policy work and advocacy work and things like that. Um, Dr. Shango Blake is doing amazing work in those areas, and um, and so I'm super happy to support to support his great yeah. work. And that's really it. Not, not a lot to say about me. No, no, it, no. It's important because those who are paying attention are going to make the difference in the long run. These are how these bonds are formed. You know, Dr. Shango Blake had a had a show here on Black Hole Radio very early on. This is before the tides turned, and we were able to get his story out along with others, of course, but we really delved deeply into the journey of Brother, uh, of Brother Shango. And it's important that we, especially in the level of education of our youth, that the elders, we are, you know, we're still elders, that the elders show the young people that we are interested, you know, and, and that we are working towards making the entire dynamic a lot better. So please stay in contact with us. You are a member of the family, Kim. Uh, again, we're going to delve deeper into this, and we need for people like yourself who, have, who are interested enough to tune in 
to a radio show and be able to ask thought-provoking questions. So thank you for your calls. Thank you for questions. Please hang on to stay on the line and um, and be a part of this movement that we are doing, that we are making an effort to do. Yes, sir. Brother Foss, we have Does someone else? Yes, yeah, we sir. have another caller. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, before, and, uh, before, we, before we go to the next caller, real quick, brothers, I want to give a shout-out to Dr. Blake. Yeah, yes, I, I too admire his work, and and I actually attended his uh, BU mixer yesterday evening, and we got a chance to uh, to chop it up. Got much respect for that man, and um, I asked him in the conversation um, and doing my background research on him, I came across a clip uh, with here with him talking about the history of hip hop, and I asked him in conversation if I could use that. Um, and put it in the online course, in the book, at the clip. Nice. And, and respectfully, I didn't want to infringe on his intellectual property, so I asked him, and he said, sure. He said, yes. And um, that, was, that was a blessing right there. So shout out to Dr. Blake. And, and he also yes, said sir. that he'd show up to uh, um, one of the classes that I'm teaching at uh, PS128. So, yeah, shout out to Dr. Blake and shout out to Coach yes, Dave sir. and shout out to Randy for making that happen. But, yeah, let's go to the next caller. Next caller, you're on live with Brother Alan Perry and Hip Hop for Freshmen. Please identify yourself. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Go right ahead. Yes. Yes, hi. My name is uh, Mel Larson. I'm uh, Alan, a good friend and uh, just a supporter when it comes to the curriculum. Um, I currently teach. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a currently I'm an educator, and I teach uh, African American studies um, at a charter school. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I've just been listening to the whole show, and um, you know, just wanted to show my support in regards to what Alan's been doing, and you know, um, you know, he's been doing it for over a decade now, and you know, to see it all come to fruition right now, and Everything that's taking place, uh, it, you know, it's just amazing to me. And like I said, I just wanted to show my support. Yes, sir. What I, I have a question for you then. It's it, in in supporting Brother Allen and what he's doing. And as an educator, how have you seen the progression of his work from then till now? Just as a, as a supporter. And well. Um, so this is going to be a long-winded question, right? Let me answer. <laughs> we got I'm we a... got 21 minutes left in the show, so if oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to. I'm, I'm a history teacher, teacher by nature, so you know we always have long-winded uh, answers. But anyway, <laughs> um, just showing the just. So I'll keep it in terms of like you know his progression. I kind of want to equate it to how um, education has also evolved. Is is evolving. Um, but as far as how Alan evolved, um, the best thing about the book is his experiences. You know, I mean, many people can explain or tell you about their experiences, um, whether no matter what part of life you're in, but it's very hard for people to communicate it and even write it down, you know. So for him to be able to write it down and, like, really communicate it and, and teach it in a um, book like this, um, to me, is it's beyond amazing, right? Um, and not only to put it on the book, but to also evolve with the times um, for him to be able to 
um, like every every time <laughs> he shows me the book, you know, and I, you know, we have helped him and gave him my input, but it's like, you know, I'm, um, you know, it's like picking up something new all the time and just all the ideas that he's done um, and put into this book, you know, like I said, it's, you know, beyond amazing, especially the online course, because, you know, everything is going digital and being in education, you see um, the evolution. Um, so in regards to the, you know, in regards to supporting him and seeing the evolution of the topic, um, it's, it's just great. And, you know, the basic foundation is there as far as, like, the music, um, but to him, for him, he's over the years included the entrepreneurship. And I was telling him, this is beyond hip-hop. You know, hip-hop is a great That's thing, right. great culture, but it's beyond it's beyond hip-hop. You're, you're basically helping people and teaching people to be financially free too, you know, um, and that, that, that's, you know, that's uh, a testament to itself. Um, and like I said, this is part of his experiences. I know he's gone through like his, you know, his life experiences and all the entrepreneurships um, and businesses that he's had. And like I said, it's within this book. Um, and just to kind of, in, in to, to, to talk, to connect it to in terms of education, education is evolving. And I think um, Brother Jim was talking about how the, their education are trying to, well, not trying, they're, they're incorporating African-American studies. Um, I believe that African-American studies is not just learning about our history, but also teaching our children how to um, be part of this future, right? And I feel like this entrepreneurship book, the Hip Hop for Freshmen, is part of that. Right, our history is super, super important. You know, being teaching it, but also within my teaching, I always, always, always connected to my students. I'm like, look, this is not just teaching about your history, but how you can learn from the history and um, become just successful in the future as a, as a person of whether well, African American or person of color. And I feel like uh, when it comes to the African American studies in New York City, it has to be diverse. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just, um, just focused on just history. It should be focused on history and how we can help our kids progress and be successful in the future. And I, and I know that this book, you know, is part of that. It's part of that growth and success for our African-American um, kids. And, it's, and like I said, you, you see it in education. It's evolving, and it has to evolve yes. because our kids are just, you know, our kids know what's right, and our kids know what's 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 fluff. You know what I mean? So, that's right. um, and there goes my long-winded answer, but uh, <laughs> I hope it, I hope it answered your question. No, a- absolutely, and and uh, couldn't have been uh, better stated from a history teacher. Thank you for your call, and thank you for your support, uh, brother Allen. And you sparked something in me that I think that needs to be said right now in terms of the progression of, of uh, African American black. Uh, education here in New York. I myself am a, am a product of the great Jituayusi and the Uhura Safa Shule program that started in the in the 60s and 70s in Brownsville, Brooklyn. And um, mm. it's it just I just needed to call that ancestor's name into this conversation because he is a part of the universal history of New York education where our people are concerned. It never left me my responsibility to my community, being a product of the Yuhuru Sasa Shule 
African-American studies, the, the East, it never left me. My responsibilities are with me to this day, and it was put into me by men like yourself, black male educators that were looking into the eyes of young black boys and girls and telling us that we are living history. So, again, thank you for your call. Brother Allen, would you like to respond to anything that our caller has said? <laughs> I'd like to respond to what you said. We all live in history. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Camille, for calling in, and I appreciate your help. And, um, yeah, to the Bahas, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And like I said, man, I'm always there, 100% supportive. I'm just glad... <laughs> You know, like I've seen it over the years, but I'm just glad to, to witness it come into fruition, you know, and, and it get its flowers as it should. So this is dope. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and you know, to answer the, the, the previous caller's question, where, where this is concerned, you can see it's bigger than hip-hop itself as a genre of music, but it's scaled correctly to hip-hop as a cultural phenomenon that is – Worldwide, it's universal. The language, mm-hmm. the dress, the swagger—all of that is part of something that was missing from traditional education. You know, even from the part you know, um, color within the line. Somebody had to ask the question: Okay, I can do that, but what if I go outside of the lines? Am I now being considered a rebel? Or am I considered someone that's taking the artwork that was prescribed for me and bringing it into another level? Those type of professors, those type of teachers also need to be included. Yes, there's a portion of our education that is strictly for producing new levels of workers. We get that. But what about those people who are creatives that need to be in our society at all times to take society to the next level, to the next genre, to the next, the next generation. And that is connected directly to hip-hop and hip-hop culture. And we can't legislate mm-hmm. that. That has to be organic. So right. we've got right. another couple minutes left. Brother Farsa, uh, is there anyone else on the line that would like to ask Brother Alan Perry a question? And uh, if so, just uh, you can let them in and have them identify themselves, please. No, sir, the lines are clear right now, brothers. Y'all may proceed. All right. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, we really appreciate you, Brother Farsa. We, we're winding down, and I, I really wanted to take this more in to the what happens next. What can we do for you next? How is this going to be pushed into the future as we're winding down? We want to give the audience some takeaways to help this progress to its natural um, to its natural next level, brother. So if you would take the time and tell us what we can do, the audience, those who will be listening to this as a podcast, those that will be listening to this in the future to see if we were able to get our to-do list done, give us our instructions, please. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that, your to-do list. 
All right. So so let's let's look at it. Let's t- take it from the music industry standpoint first. All right. The goal here is to get aspiring artists, whether it's your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, to get aspiring artists to pick up this book as a starting point for their music career. The goal is to brand this book as the book for hip-hop. We don't have a book. Hip-hop does not have a book, a book that's a self-help for aspiring artists that want to enter the game. Hip-hop doesn't have a manuscript. Here it is right here, right? Um, With the support of brothers like Dr. Blake um, uh, and Dennis Keezy of OSG, um, I see this book getting in the hands of the artists that we revere and respect and listen to. And once we get their support, Will and your support from the ground up will be able to accomplish that mission. Hip hop needs a book, right? And this is the book. When it comes to education, we all know the disparities in the education system, right? And we all know, and as, as Brother Lawson and, and Jim just spoke about. Hip-hop is, I mean, education is evolving, and we need a curriculum that speaks to the kids, right? This is that curriculum, right? If you're a parent or you know a parent, uh, if you've got a kid between the ages of 11, maybe 10, and and above, this is a must-have book, right? Um whether it's in your school or not, um, this book is going to introduce your kids to the concepts of real world, not just not just business, but just real world concepts. Again, the branding, the copyright. I mean, you guys have access again. You can flip to the book. You can check it out, um, and and you, it speaks for itself. And you want your kid to have this knowledge. Um, again, whether it's in the school or not. Um, if you have community space or you know someone that has community space um, and you want to bring this program to your community, we can make that happen too. You know, you reach out, reach out to us on the website, Coach Dave. He's a part of the team, um, community outreach, and we can bring that program um, to your community. Um Side note, shout out to Peter Don, Byron Parker. We're actually um, beginning to teach an entrepreneurship program in the projects, right? We're going straight there um, with the support of um, head of Frederick Douglass Houses Resident Association, Carmen Quiones. She allowed us to use her community space to teach entrepreneurship in Frederick Douglass Houses, all right? We're working that out now. Um, but that's just to give you an example of, of what we're, me and my team are willing to do. So if you want to bring this to your community, just reach out, reach out to us. Again, whether it's in your school or not, this, this, is, this is necessary information. Um, and that's pretty much it right there. Yeah, yeah. Hip-hop needs 
a book, and the education system needs a curriculum that's more engaging for your students to combat the dropout rates, and I'm sure this will have a direct effect on the number of uh, businesses. Um, for example, uh, in New York City, I think um, the, the, the African-American population, uh, Latino population, is about 22%, but there's only 3%, 2% of LLCs, black-owned businesses. Um, so this program will increase the amount of businesses registered in any community that you're in. And we all know that when businesses come about, jobs are created, right? New products and services are offered to your community, right? Um, that's pretty much my two cents, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed having you here with your two cents, brother. And your two cents is going to reverberate and make our community billions and trillions of dollars because it'll give us the ability to recirculate our money among those who know. And we won't be locked out. You know, there are so many naysayers, so many of us that are alarmists that see the new immigration, the new migration pattern into New York and into the Northeast as a bad thing. They're looking at it, oh, my God, it's competition. These people coming are going to push us out. These people are looking for a better life like we are. Why think of it as competition when it can be a welcoming advantage to all of us that know the struggle life? We can help them through entrepreneurship. The music genre may change, but we can help them with the knowledge that we have of navigating the city, navigating the bureaucracy, navigating the neighborhoods. Reach out to your brothers and sisters, and everyone is not from uh, 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 um from Central and South America, we have brothers and sisters that are coming here from uh, West Africa, coming from East Africa, some of them coming uh, to New York City from the, for the first time. And instead of looking at them as competition, we can look at them as brothers and sisters in the struggle. It's not necessarily a uh, us against them being all of us poor people looking at each other as competition for one another. It's us against them, which is the oppressors who are constantly pitting us against one another. But through entrepreneurship, through good business practices, from being able to uh, negotiate these type of contracts that give, give us lasting relationships, that you don't have to go to the guns at the end of the day. You can go to the lawyers at the end of the day and get these things settled. We could be good citizens and good neighbors to one another again. And as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan tells us, to make where you live a decent place. And we have the ability to do that in not just the neighborhood, but in the digital community. We live in a, in a, a much smaller world now because of online and uh, language programs that you can put on your phone to be able to translate. The world is getting smaller, and our neighbors are vast. So let's open up our minds and be able to Reach out to people that others would like to make our competition, you know, change the, the format just a little, and it's uh, reggaeton for, <laughs> for freshmen, you know. It's bachata for freshmen. And I know you, I, you mentioned Quiñones. Quiñones. I know uh, Sister Quiñones can help you with the Spanish version of this, and 
it it'd be you know bachata for freshmen because the concert mm-hmm. the neighborhood is there the struggle is there and all of those things matter in terms of your business experiences and that's why i started out in our first session getting to know you as the man who is behind this tremendous idea that is going to be in my opinion a great game changer for the hood we're closing that's down now yeah, I mean it is. I mean it's just the way the way that it is, and um, I have another question for you, and uh, this is a little off topic, but it's inside of it. Do you see yourself writing and performing, producing music again as a as a old as an elder? Do you see yourself in that day, ever? I keep getting hit left and right with this, man. Mm-hmm. And, and my my answer is, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it seems like I have to, you know, because people are saying they, they want to hear music from me. And yes. you, use, you use the term older. Um I don't know why why that that kind of matters, but it does. It, it is a factor, and I think when we were talking backstage, uh, I think earlier this week, you, you mentioned um, you said something about how, as being elders and music, we can we can produce a type of music that could bridge the gap between how it started and where where it's going and put some of this knowledge in it and and you're right you know and but i don't know you know like to change hats and and from this to that like to be an artist is for me is a completely different mindset you know and you know i'm all in with everything i do so um i think i think when this gets to a certain point and I have time on my hands, I can definitely see that happening. Um, but right now, we still got a lot of work to do. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, absolutely. Yeah. And I just yeah. Want, I wanted to put it on your mind, and I, and I wanted it to be in the airwaves. I wanted it to be in the ethers. So this conversation, can we can go back and, and, and talk about this. I often have this conversation with Brother Shango Blake because – there's a responsibility, and I know you know it's a thin line between between uh, being someone that's an elder and in a genre and being corny and playing yourself. It's a very thin line, but it, <laughs> right, it, right. I'm, I'm just I'm just being real with this. But there's a necessity on both ends for some men to stand in that space and not be afraid to be called corny. Because there's a there's a point that needs to be made with older gentlemen who have been through a particular route, seen where this is going, and standing to hold post against the tide that is rushing into our community. Not only that, there's a group of people that lived this that miss a particular when they put a record on when they turned up their headphones, there's a missing piece 
and that some men need to stand in that space. And I'm not calling everybody into that space. I'm calling specific men to stand in that space and say we're here. We didn't forget. We know what our purpose is. And part of that is not to just get people on the floor and and shake their behind, but part of it is to inculcate and incorporate beats, rhythms, rhyme, melody, perspective into our culture and stand in it proudly. You know, there's a lot of work being done by 50-year-olds in the hip-hop industry right now, but people don't talk about it. We're talking about the, the teen and the nine-year-olds, and they need to be led in a particular direction. And I'm not saying forcefully, but there needs to be some, some lessons told to them by people they respect. And the only way that you get their respect is to be able to say, I do what you do. I know what you, you know, I, I feel you. And you're one of those mm-hmm. men. You're one of those men. And I, I'm by no means am I telling you, take a moment away from this that we're, that, that, that we're talking about hip-hop for freshmen. Don't take a moment away. But I want you to keep a space in your psyche for exactly what I just said. Yeah, most certainly. Well, most we, certainly we, well. Listen, and like, listen we, mm-hmm. we opened the show with one of your joints, man. And I say it's fine. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's what I love. No, no. I'm, I'm being real. It's what I love because it was not only put together well, it was not only performed well, but the lyrics made sense. Mm. They uplifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, track, that track's over about 20 years old, man. But yeah. still, it's still fire. I appreciate that. It's still fire. And th- to, to say today that that track just got played on the radio. <laughs> right, right. That's <laughs> That's right. So Appreciate when people say, hey, hey, no, nobody, nobody's playing yet, we play it on Black Hole Radio. And I'm telling you, Brother Forrest, just to bring you into this conversation as we're winding down, Brother Forrest, um, these last two weeks, you know, I haven't been on the air as a, uh, a host, a producer in a long time on Black Hole Radio. I usually stay in the background. But I'm thinking, based on the conversation we're having and our promotion of hip-hop for freshmen, I'm thinking of, having a music uh, show on Black Hole Radio again. And I need for some of our, our artists, some of our listeners, our longtime listeners, to uh, send us a, a text message, an email, put it on Black Hole Radio, and let me know if where I'm going with this is uh, appropriate or not. I'm just pipe dreaming or if it's something that we would like to hear is an open space for musicians, uh, artists, that we can talk about what we do and listen to some um, listen to some music that we appreciate, and that's in you know in the, the bigger broader sense and in the hyper hyper local sense. Let's get this popping so we can get some bread on the table and feed our community. Um, it's 11:47. I want to um, do some housekeeping, uh, but before that, any final words, brother Alan Perry, or hip hop. Freshman.com. Any final words, please? Yeah. I want to thank everyone for listening. 
I want to thank everyone for participating in that live. Thank everyone for being here for this historical moment of the release of the Hip Hop for Freshmen's online class and e-textbook. Uh, it's only going to get better from here. Uh, I appreciate the callers. I appreciate Black Hole Radio. Um, we got a lot of work to do. You guys got your to-do list. Um I'm accessible through the website. You can send an email. You can text me through the website if you're on your mobile phone, or you can just sit, fill out the form. I'm not too hard to find, and I always respond. I'm busy, but I always respond. Um, let's work. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to meet. I'm ready to hit the ground running. Um, thank you again. Thank you again. And I know I'll be talking to a lot of you on the on the call that's listening. I know I'll be talking to a lot of you soon. Um, thank you again. Thank you again, Brother Alan Perry and HipHopForFreshmen.com. Don't forget it, brothers and sisters. This is one of the first places that Brother dropped. He uh, gave us a live demo today. Don't forget this. When this becomes a, a everyday household uh, place in a household space, you have three or four of your grandchildren that are taking this course, this is where you heard it, heard it first. So again, we thank you so much, Brother Alan Perry and the HipHopForFreshmen.com movement, the curriculum that is going to change the way that our community does business. So this is Brother Jason X, along with my business partner, Brother Forrest Muhammad, and there's uh, something I'd like to call to our uh, attention that's going to happen today. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is going to be live on NOI.org. He's going to be speaking at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Central, and here in the eastern region, 1 o'clock. Tune into NOI.org to hear a very historical announcement by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. If you would like to know more about what he'll be speaking about, you can See one of your brothers or sisters that you find pushing the nation's program of the Final Call newspaper. It's on the cover of the Final Call newspaper. And we would like to say that in this dark, dark hour, there is light at the end of the tunnel. God is with us. And when God is with you, who can be against you? This is Brother Jason X here with my business partner, Brother Forrest Muhammad and the friends and families and supporters of Black Hole Radio, Black Hole Entertainment, wishing you light, life, power, peace, and paradise. As-salamu alaykum.
One second. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.